welcome back to Arrow Women. We decided to split Eve into two episodes because we just had so much to say. So here's the second half of our Eve episode, Eve Part 2, and we hope you enjoy it. Adam being there or not being there, whatever Adam was doing, we don't know. We'll ask him when we get to heaven, but uh, <laughs> whatever he was doing there, we know that the serpent, the serpent didn't go to Adam. It no. went to Eve. Like, possibly because the serpent knew who Adam was and how, because, you know, Adam named the serpent, right? He was naming all of the animals. Um, maybe he knew that if he went to Adam, it wouldn't work. You know, whatever the case may be, he went to Eve. And so the punishment that God's hands out is between the serpent and Eve for the majority. I mean, Adam gets his own, but like the indictment that he gives first, first he, you know, he talks to Adam and, and he says it was a woman. So first of all, Adam blames us. And then God asks the woman, what have you done? And she blames the serpent. So God goes to the serpent, the serpent in chapter three and basically says, um, this is all like prophetic and allegorical to the relationship between Jesus and Satan. Um, it's the Lord God says in chapter, in verse 14, because you've done this, you're cursed more than all the animals, domestic and wild. You will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility mm-hmm. between you and the woman and be- between your offspring and her offspring. So that's a lot of um, scholars, biblical scholars believe this to be, you know, foretelling of, relationship between Jesus and how um, Jesus will strike your head and you will strike your heel speaking to the serpent and ultimately Jesus will triumph so we see also in Eve sort of that relationship to the Virgin Mary that like through your pregnancy you know will give birth to the son that will deliver us in the end and that that all comes back to Eve here and then also God dishes out what we still see today I will sharpen the pains of your pregnancy and in pain you will give birth. That has never changed. Since Thanks the for my, of Eve. <laughs> my, my ovulation pain. Thanks. Right. Thanks. That has, we still are dealing with the consequence of that. And no matter how modern science has advanced, there's still pain associated with pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's God and that's God's intention because it was, you know, part of this punishment. And then there's something interesting here. You will desire to control your husband, verse 16, but he will rule over you. I think that is very interesting because God pretty much dishes out the relationship uh, dysfunction between men and women that we still see kind of today. Um, And you alluded earlier, I'll get you to this movement of one branch of feminism. It's not the whole thing um, that that tries to challenge that power dynamic. But here you see God has clearly put in place a power dynamic right. between men and women. And yes, I'm going to speak into this. Go ahead. Um, I think this is very important because um, one, you get into submission here and I'm not going to go into that because that's a different story for a different day. But there is this <sighs> heaven operates in authority, mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. And you see very clearly the Lord already, he literally implements authority, like an earthly authority right here. Yeah. Husband, wife. Now, it doesn't mean that the woman bows down to the husband. It means that he has authority over you. Right? That's what it says. Like he Mm -hmm. 
has authority. Um, He is the head of the household. He is the leader. And this, like, I feel like some of us take this, like, to the totally extreme, like, oh, I'm not bowing down and all this. But there is a point, like, where we are called, there's a submission, and I feel like that's for a totally different episode. Yeah. But one of the things that I have learned is that if you want peace in your home, right, (laughs) if you want the covering of the Lord, like, there is a purpose and a plan in place to walking in authority. And it means that in my home, I let Jason, like he's the head of the household. He's the leader of the household. And there's been oftentimes where I want to buck that because I don't agree with it. But the times that I buck it, it never goes the way that I, it should. Let me just be straightforward and honest. <laughs> but even like in, like just some of the stuff that we've been dealing with in our home, like I have seen that when I like, okay, you are the head of the household and we are going to go with this as a decision. Ian you see just the blessing that comes with it from heaven. It doesn't always look pretty, but you see like this, there's something about alignment. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Like there's something about alignment that has to fall into place for us to actually walk in alignment with the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Now I can buck him all day long and I can go to the left or to the right. But if I'm, if I'm wanting to get back to Eden, if I wanted to walk in intimacy and communion, if I'm wanting my family to walk in kingdom mindset, that means that I too have to know and understand that the Bible, it's not me. It's not Shadera saying this. It's not Ogishi, right? It's yeah. not your pastor. It's not anybody else or whatever pulpit you heard it from. It's actually the word of the Lord says this, right? Your desire should be for your husband and he shall have authority over you. I feel like that's really clear. Like, I feel like that's super important, especially for like now. I feel like that's um, just one of the things that has been challenged. And and I feel like once you start challenging that, you're stepping out of line with kingdom. And I feel like it's super important as a married couple. I'm talking to marriage couples right now. um, That you walk in that. Like, yes, you're allowed to question stuff. Yes, you're allowed to bring stuff to attention. Yes, like you should not be afraid to bring any issue before your husband. Right. And I feel like that enemy sometimes will like, well, he's going to overrule you and he's not going to listen and all this stuff, all this stupid lies that they need to be silenced in Jesus name. There's this, there's this beauty of coming to your husband, just like watch this. The earthly authorities are like a picture of like the heavenly authorities. Right. And that's what Satan didn't walk in. He didn't walk in authority. He wanted to trump the authority he was given and be God himself. And that's when right. he fell. So if, And that's what Eve did too. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So there's a reason he, he says this. Like, it's not like just to like irritate the woman. I hate to be the bare bad news. That's <laughs> not why God is saying this. He says it because he's seen with heavenly eyes, y'all. <laughs> not from a fleshly point of view. I think it's also important, Lindsay. I'm so glad you mentioned (laughs) that. It says that, and I'm using the NLT translation, translation, um, in verse 16 of chapter three, it says, you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. I think control is the important thing here because it's a, remember, it's a punishment for what happened in the garden, (laughs) right? Remember, like God is, is dishing this out in response to what had just happened. And what we saw was, Eve was able to convince her husband to take the fruit. Mm-hmm. That is her control over him was able to do that. So 
we talked about this with the Delilah episode a little bit. Women have that power and you can use that power for good or evil. Evil looks like manipulation, right? Evil, and we talked about how that's like what you don't want to do with the power that women have over men because men are vulnerable to women such as Delilah was, you know, over Samson. Women have that power over men in a lot of these situations and using it for evil, we see here is this control element and being able to like steer the course of, you know, our realities based on our wants and how we exert that over men in our lives. So God is setting an order, not for nothing, not for just general, oh, he's an abusive, you know, husband, stay for that. That's not what God is saying. God is saying that Absolutely. the control element over your husband is what he's setting boundaries for. Right. So like Lindsay said, that looks like submission to your husband's authority. And for those of us that are not in marriage, it may be be something that we don't entirely want to look forward to but when you understand dominion you understand that boundaries are not bad right there's freedom in boundaries like that's that's what god that's the order of kingdom right and yeah it takes a maturity to understand that it's hard let me be very clear i've been married for 12 years (laughs) but there's something there's something beautiful that comes into place. Like when you do now, I do feel like we've covered a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah, we have, we've spent quite the bit on Adam and Eve. Um, anybody else have any closing thoughts? I'll get you. I have a lot, but I'm just like trying to pick what would be important. And either just <laughs> what would be re- they're all relevant, but right. I don't think we want this podcast to be a two-hour long podcast. But just along the lines of the punishment and right. Adam, well, Adam having now being told that he's got control or will rule over, and we just have to go back. And I like that you take that back to what they did in the garden. And we also have to go back to the very beginning, Genesis chapter one, where God did not say have dominion over each other, Mm -mm. over the animals. That's good. Because Eve wanted some kind of, wanted control, wanted power, um, instead of being content with the power she already had, um, I feel like God's like, okay, well, you want to try to control me. You want to rule me. You want to be like me. But here's your husband who is created in my image. I'm going to let him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to let you deal with him at his level, at that <laughs> level, because you're not at my level. It was like, oh, my gosh, I want to be God, but I got to deal with this man. But anyway, that was, just a, that was just a thought that came to mind. But another thing that just... I'm reminded of was how if we go back to chapter two, actually two things, chapter, no, I'm sorry, chapter three, it wasn't until Adam ate the fruit Mm. that their eyes were opened. Mm. 
That's so good. for my married people, and I'm speaking as a single woman, husband, feel free to show up whenever. Um, <laughs> but for my married people, the Bible says that in chapter 20, I'm sorry, in verse 24, um, that they become one flesh. There's covering there. There it is. Yeah. So there are things that a wife can do, but because she is joined to her husband, Mm -hmm. I don't want to say that it's excused. Right. But the punishment does not show up immediately because it acts as a covering. Um, And this is where in Ephesians, um, I think it's chapter five, where the Mm -hmm. dynamics and the relationships and Paul's. I think it's in Ephesians, or maybe it's it's one of the shuns um, <laughs> where Paul says, and you would, I think it is five, but you wash the, pretty much treat your wife as Christ treated the church and you are yeah. acting as a covering, you're acting as a protection. Yeah. But once you, once the man sins, once the man steps out, he exposes his wife yes. to a whole lot. And that yep. is, I, I'm just like the responsibility, like we want to go to therapist, which is actually a hundred percent great. We want to go to other people, but please go back to Genesis chapter one. As two, in, three. It's right there. Because that is what is going to give you the answers that you need. Right. When we talk about assignment, when we talk about your position, especially if you're a believer, if you're not a believer, still. Genesis one is still a good place to start. Genesis one, two, one through three. There's just, there's, there's a responsibility there for men, but also for a woman, stay close to your husband, especially if he's a godly man, especially if he's protecting you, don't nag him and push him to whatever, um, because you lose that covering. Fast forward to chapter three, verse 20. It says the man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. So he goes from calling her woman and taking out me. Um, You are essentially me, a a part of me. You're something else. I, I don't feel that connection anymore. You are just now the mother of the living. Like, my goodness. I was like, she got demoted. <laughs> um, really? You see it as demoted? I see huh? it as a promotion. I don't see that as a promotion because there's such a, for me at least, I'm like, yes, she is the mother of the living, but she would have been the mother of the living regardless because <laughs> they were going to have children and take dominion. But I feel like the way he named her was from like, ugh, not spite, but like, fine, you're no longer. yeah you're still a part of me but you don't have that role in position there isn't that intimacy there isn't that connection anymore you are just known by your your job interesting your job is to be the mother of the living you're no longer a part of me that's what who knows how to interpret this but um it's like she's known by her function by what she do and not just what she was truly created for, to be a helpmate, to be a companion, to be suitable, to be, because she 
essentially failed him in her responsibility, but it's okay. Um, <laughs> there's, I think there's a lot and I, I, I have a lot more to go, but you know, there's, there definitely is a lot to, to take from, from Eve. And I just encourage every woman just to, and I'm talking to myself here, um, even as a single woman, cause there's a lot that I can get from it. Um, just to go back and read Genesis one through three. Uh, yeah. I think we, we read it as, you know, fiction. Um, it's a story. It's good. But there's there's so many hidden nuggets um, that we can get out of it that if we really and truly just spend time, we will ourselves understand what God's called us to and how to go about being intimate with him and walking in purpose, fulfilling the assignment, the specific assignment we've been called to fulfill. That's good. good. The only reason why I'm like the Eve part, I just wonder what, I mean, I think there's so much significance in, there's so much significance in Adam naming her after all of this that happened he still has that role and responsibility to name everything, right? Okay. And God still trusts him with that. And then it comes after Adam has, or God has kind of spelled out Adam's death in a sense. Like he he's talked about what the serpent's going to have to do, what Eve is going to have to do. And then he turns to the man and he basically says, you know, by the end of it, he says, you will return to the dust from what you were made. And that sets into place, you know, the concept of death and separation from God and the the cycle of life that we all have to face. At some point, we all die. It was in the Bible. Um, and after that, the next thing that happens is, is like this kind of, the, well, my notes describe it as like a glimmer of hope that Adam has by naming her Eve, the giver of life. And that's kind of why I saw it as like a good thing, because although all of this happens, God pronounces death, but Adam assigns life to Eve and says, from you, all of life will continue to move forward. So there's that like, because of, you know, the pronunciation of God saying her, your offspring will defeat Satan, essentially, like that pronunciation of life is still possible, even though there's this like, decree of judgment on man we will all die but we will still continue because eve has that capability to keep us moving forward does that make sense Mm. yeah no that makes sense and that's um yeah i completely agree with you too like yes there's that hope there and she is there's death but there's also life um to look forward to right and so they've got this it wasn't going to be eternity because now they've shortened their eternal eternal life. But, um, but again, yes, there is something to look forward to there. And I'm maybe at the back of his mind, he's thinking, and that child that, you know, that God talked about and that son that would, the offspring um, that would bruise the head of the serpent, um, essentially Satan. Yeah. But yeah, no, makes makes a lot of sense there. I think too, like I'm gonna jump to the offspring thing. Sorry. You see in Genesis three fifteen, like you were just talking about, 
I will put an enmity, I'm reading ESV, between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. Um, yes, I, I, I've, as we all, most of us understand, like this is like a prophetic picture towards Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. But I've also learned that there are times where the Lord says stuff and he, you know, when he will speak something and there's always more than just one view that you can see it from. Yeah. Right. Um, so like you see this in Jesus, like, but then you immediately, if you actually pick up in the next chapter and four, you immediately see darkness, like, and voices again, come after Adam and Eve's children. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's something very significant about that too. Like he goes after the offspring. Yeah. And there's something still significant to this day about that guy. It's like, I'm sorry. I, this is just something that's been burning to me. Like he's still going after the offspring, mm-hmm. right? There's something because if we actually look past Jesus, right? It says that he's coming back. But um, one of the things that I just, he's really been speaking is about Joel too, right? Where their children and their children's children will prophesy. And there's this army of the Lord that's coming that it's going to be like, there's something about this army of the Lord that's coming, like before the Lord returns, like they obey, they move to the left and to the right. It says like when he speaks, they move to the left and to the right. To me, the enemy is still coming after the offspring for a reason. Yeah. Well, you know, if he can get rid of your, what's the word, your progeny, get rid of your, the children, then you won't, you have nothing after that, Right. There's no legacy. There's no legacy when he cuts it off then, or if he tries to cut it off or get them to think his way, then you can't, you can't. Maybe that's why he went after Eve. Yeah. You can't take domain. Good point. There you go. Keep going. She's the one. I'm just saying. No, it's true because Adam's not going to have those children by himself. Sure. So if he can, if he can target one, the the one who would carry and bring forth Give her a if, he could, if he can target the children who are supposed to carry it because eventually the mm-hmm. father will die then there will be no multiplication right there will be no expansion but here watch this well that's good but what i find is very interesting especially for now if you're actually paying attention to things, that there's a very strong increase after the children right now. Because he doesn't want them to expand. But watch. But wait, it gets better. Think about it. <laughs> okay, when did there become huge genocides of kids? It was always before a big event of the Lord. Yeah. You see it in Moses and the baby the basket and he killed like all the babies that were being born with pharaoh then you fast forward to jesus's time when the three kings come to herod and he basically kills every baby under two and under and i feel like in culture now you're like seeing that it's just being called something else but i feel i don't know there's just something that's just really well, he's always going to go after God's plan. He doesn't know yeah. what he thinks he knows what God's plan is. Right. He knows, actually, he knows. He knows 
Genesis. It's written. He knows Genesis three, verse right. four yeah. to fifteen. Yep. He knows that part because God told dreading, him. Right, and he's dreading that part. Right. <laughs> he knows Matthew oh. and Luke and John. He was there when Jesus rose from the dead. His damnation when he gets thrown completely he knows that time is coming and yeah. like Pastor joshua said he's going to take as many people as he wants with him that's it right that's it woman so don't be convinced right don't be convinced. But, and there's two that you also have i don't know but there's something that you get to do too as the mother of the living you get to also there's something of covering too over your children yeah, we have a responsibility, Absolutely. and we talked about it with Lois and Eunice. Yeah, there's a responsibility that we, as women, um, single or mothers, have when it comes. Yeah, I got her fired up. You see that it worked. <laughs> uh, um, Keep going. Teaching and passing on, and the legacy, and the telling truth, speaking truth. Proverbs thirty-one, woman, like all of Keep that. going. Season three, everybody. <laughs> we have literally covered every season three episode in this episode. Like, <laughs> you see how you put a bow on that? You, this there you is go. What you know? it is, right? We it's, talked about Delilah. We, have, we talked yeah. about Lois and Eunice. We talked about Proverbs thirty-one. It's all here. Train up and a he, child in the way he should go. It we and he will not depart from it. Depart from it. We we have a part to play to ensure that our children, babies, are not taken. That our babies. Right. They're not being taught the lies that the, the world is just feeding them. That our babies know to measure the truth, to hold up everything that they hear up to the word of God and say, does right. this measure? And watch this. That's, and it's, it and goes, it's, in, go to me, it goes into like that helper again, right? right. Because we're on the front lines. Most of, most of us mothers are on the front lines. Yeah. So there's something unique that we've been given to wage war on behalf of our children. I, I'm going to keep saying this because I feel like this is so crucial in this time, guys. And I just, there's something specific that we have been called to rage war on our children for our children and to stand in the line. But we're also, because we are the helpers as women, right? So me as a wife. I'm a helper who supplies strength in the area that is lacking. Not saying that Jason is lacking, but his role is something else too, right? Like I'm here on the day to day while he's working and there's something significant about the, what our mothering role is like from rocking the baby to the way that they walk out the door in college. It's, it's going back. It's walking in truth. It's actions speak louder than words is what I keep telling my children. Like you say you heard me, but your actions showed that you didn't hear me, right? Same with me, like, and Jace, like, if we're saying go read the word and then go test it, if we're not demonstrating that to our kids, they're going to be like, yeah, you're joking, right? Like, that's cute. Yeah. Right? Um, And there's something about this role being played out. So I know that was a long, no, long it's trail, good. but it's I feel good. like it's also very significant, like, it also goes back to Eve. Like Eve had a role to play with Cain and Abel and Seth and all the children that came after that. She also played a role. Yeah. yeah. She was the mother of the living. That's what her freaking name means, you know. 
I think, yeah, if I could just wrap up like my takeaways from Eve, the biggest thing for me is like, is for us to realize just how easy it is to be convinced and corrupted Mm. by the forces that aren't the Lord's, how easy it is for us to take our eyes off of him. Right. All of the goodness and all of the good things that he gave us. Remember, like Eden was perfect. Eve was perfect before she was convinced. (laughs) This was like God's perfect idea of a woman. Like when you think about it, he designed her without any flaws. Right. She was lacking nothing as a woman before she was able to be convinced that something in her was not perfect and something about God was not perfect. And that sounds so like offensive because it is to God. It is very offensive. And I feel like to us, we don't see it as the big deal that it is to not listen to God, to not trust him in all things and to not to not live our lives the way he has designed for us to live our lives. It's hugely offensive. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, like the biggest takeaway from the Eve story is just to know that God's God's communion is what I want. I want to always be close to him. And in marriage, when that time comes, it'll make sense that the union with God is still the most important thing because even though my husband is hearing him, I have to hear him for myself. Right. Because look what happens when I don't. (laughs) Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. That's it. My takeaway. That's good. I would double up in that and, and say, know exactly what God says and, um, know it for yourself. Um, and like you said, you know, what are you focused on? Are you focused on good? Are you focused on evil? And as women, we look at, because our minds are everywhere, we're thinking about just about everything we can think about. It's very easy for the bad to creep in, and we kind of settle on that, but we have to refocus. We have to stay fixated on God's goodness, God's faithfulness, on God's character. Um, yeah. yeah, and just and move forward with that. And, you know, the important thing, I think Lindsay was talking about the role as a helper with the children and, and our responsibility there and, and just how the enemy is attacking children. And we see the enemy attacking women too, where yeah. we no longer um, know what identity, identity is or know what we are about and what we're created for, what our assignment, what our purpose and responsibility should be. And we have to go back to that. We have to go back to the truth of the word of God, um, not the world's truths, but the, the absolute truth of the word of God that says exactly who we are and how we're supposed to be operating and functioning. Um, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like I just going to echo that. Like there's something about the father's heart right now. Right. And it's like the spirit of love and adoption that he's calling us back to and covering us in that. He just wants to call us back to his heart. Right. Which ultimately was intimacy. It was communion, but ultimately it was him seeing us as daughters. Like there's this daughters of the King. Like there's this finding our true identity in the father. Right. Mm -hmm. That is a total great segue for something coming, but that's a different story. Um, but yeah, there's just this, there's this beauty in it. And I feel like there's this, there's this charge right now in the spirit that he's, he's wooing us with his 
himself, right? Like he, like Hosea says, like he's alluring us into the wilderness, so to speak, to speak to us, to like woo us over to his true heart. Like that, I see that as like Eden sometimes, like he's calling us back to Eden. Like, no, 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 you heard wrong. Like, that's not who I am. Um, And there's just like this beauty in it. But there's also this message that many women need to hear that they're like, it, there's something about being a daughter of the king, right? There's something about something like that's what Eve was. She was a daughter before she ever was like a wife, before she ever was like a helper. Like the father saw her as a daughter in the garden, a pure, holy like he created everything about her to be pure and holy. And honestly, like that's, that's what we've been called back to. Like, that's what the blood covered, right? That we are holy and set apart and that we're beloved. Um, and I just think that there's something just so, there's just something like that's on the father's heart that that's what he's calling his daughters back into right now. Sons too, but like, there's something about the, like his daughters, like he, there's a message that says like, no, I, I need you to understand who I really say you are. Right. Um, yeah, who so. I say you are. Mm-hmm. Good. I like that. Oh, ladies, who are we doing next? <laughs> Jason has a recommendation. Yes, he does. He told me and Shadira that it was, at, we should really talk about Abigail. Ah, yeah. Funny because I was, thinking about Abigail or Jochebed. Huh. Both good. But the first name was Abigail that came to mind. Well, I was, that. that seems very confirming. She would be good. Huh? Yeah, let's do Abigail. <laughs> she would be good. The reason we should have done... Wait, is Jochebed um, Moses' mother? Yeah. I feel like we should have done her with Miriam. <laughs> it's okay. We can do her on our own. Yeah. Brave and bold. Yeah. I think there was just, with joke about the one thing that I am thinking about is just how she must have taught Moses the ways of the Lord and reminded him of who he was even before she handed him back and just in line with Eve and Mm, we all have that responsibility um, but Abigail recognized who she was talking to. She sure did. That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. Let's also, maybe this should be A and B. No, <laughs> Abigail. Let's. We'll talk about Abigail. I think we can come back to just a bit later. Right. Oh, and there's isn't there? There's two Abigails that we can talk about. Really? There's. David. I know the one was King David. David that was married to like Nahat or Nehi where he the one where did, she, her husband Nabal was... <laughs> yeah that's that's Nabal that's David's wife and then there's another Abigail was there really am I messing this up am I thinking of someone else no we just don't know who you're talking yeah, about yeah I don't know who you're talking about so I'm gonna let you <laughs> Hold tell on. me I feel like there's another okay well you know what let's just let's go back to David's Abigail let's focus on her <laughs> I feel like there there is a, a Abigail that's David's sister, but right, but she's not as important. No, there's Abigail. She's not. The Abigail we want to talk about is yeah the one that David stole. 
from another man. <laughs> she left. Technically, God kind of killed her I, husband I like, and I gave it like, to her. She left. She was like, you're a fool. <laughs> <laughs> right. She was really, okay, yeah. yes. That's we'll talk about woman. it. Let's talk about her next. Yeah. <laughs>